The bean holes, it's Eric and Nate. The bean holes, they're really pretty great. So shut up and listen to them talk. Eric and Nate. All right, welcome to another episode of The Bean Holes. I'm Nate. I'm Eric. And we are talking to you today about... The Neurosurgeon Spectacular, The Sorcerer Supreme, and <laughs> most well-known as Awesome Facial Hair Bro, Dr. Stephen Strange. Neurosurgeon Spectacular. <laughs> They're like, do you want to be the Sorcerer Supreme? He's like, no. I'd rather be Neurosurgeon Spectacular. <laughs> uh, so, obviously the movie came out like... I think two weeks ago. By yeah, by the by the time that we get this up, that will probably be true. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, from my standpoint, right here, in reality, it's a week and a half ago. <laughs> uh, uh, played by the lovely Benedict Cumberbatch. It went through a few um, casting changes too. I, I know at one point they had Joaquin Phoenix with ink almost on paper, but uh, Joaquin did not want to uh, sign a multi-film deal. Yeah. Which... So good luck uh, dealing with Marvel that way. Yeah, because they don't want another situation like with Terrence Howard, where you sign on for one movie, and then yeah. when you try to get him for more, they're like, I want more money. Right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you were in no scenes in the first movie. We're not going to pay you... Yeah, his dad, Ron Howard, really should have uh, really should have sat him down and had a talk with him. What's his brother's name? What's Ron Howard's brother's name? Clint. Clint. He went to his uncle Clint. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound inappropriate. But yeah, so I think, um, you know what? If I remember correctly, I think Cumberbatch was somebody that they wanted first. And he said no because of his scheduling with... Because this guy is just doing everything. I mean, he, oh, yeah. while he's he did Star Trek, but he's also doing TV shows in Britain. And also while he's doing TV shows, he's doing stage plays. Yes. So and he's other a very, movies. He's, he's in a yeah, lot of movies. He's a very busy man. So I think when they came to him the first time, he said, no, sorry. Like, I just don't have the time. And then the second time, they Marvel basically said, we'll work around your schedule. Like, yeah. we, you know, we'll work around what you can do. And, and he said, all right. Yeah. They were like, listen, uh... Stephen Strange is is just just a tremendous asshole, and we think that you're the guy to to play that. <laughs> um, and and that's true. Uh, he's he's Doctor Strange is is was conceived. Um, well, I shouldn't say he was conceived this way. Uh, he, he was conceived to be a sorcerer and to bring some mysticism into the into Marvel comics, uh, but. But very quickly in his his Silver Age initial Silver Age run, um, he was he was uh, defined as someone, especially before gaining his mystical powers and before his humbling accident that led to him uh, doing so. Uh, he uh, he he's kind of a dick. He's, yeah, he's yeah. egotistical. One of the best neuro, uh, one of the best surgeons in the world. I don't know if. I don't know if he was a neurosurgeon from the start. He definitely in in um in the movie and in current Marvel comics, he's he's a neurosurgeon uh prior to becoming a sorcerer. Um and of course uh 
Spoiler alert. He gets in a car accident. <laughs> There's going to um, be spoilers all over this uh, this pod. Spoilers aplenty. That's that's right. We we have enough spoilers. We're going to give them out today. Um, yeah, and even when well, I tried to explain this to Sam before we went, because usually when it's new character, she'll go, oh, tell me a little bit so I know before going in. And I was like, he's a dick. <laughs> gets in an accident. Get some powers and then kind of remains a dick. Uh, and I explained to her, I was like, think about it this way, because he's in New York. The uh, the Sanctum is is right in New York on, on Bleecker Street. Yeah, the Sanctum Sanctorum. Uh, and I said, if there's a robbery going on, like right around the corner, and he knows about it, his his response is, eh, Spider-Man will take care of it, Daredevil. Like, he doesn't yeah, leave. Yeah, the, the little got, stuff is not his job. Right. He he can't leave the sanctum because he has more important shit to worry about. Yeah. And I was like, so he's he comes off as a dick, but then when you think about it, he's absolutely right. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's self-righteous, and sometimes it's justified. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, think about this. The man went into a... Uh, a world where people are like, yeah, you're not going to be able to read those books for like years. Yeah. And then he comes back two days later, ready to read them. Like he's a very, to his credit, he is a very smart man. He's one of the most intelligent beings in the Marvel universe. Yeah. And a, a very studious individual. Did they, you've mentioned before that they had, or somebody yeah, they made a, like a top no, list no, no. of the it, smartest minds. Not just that somebody made it, just that it's like this list is just common knowledge in the Marvel universe where um like Reed Richards is the smartest man and Doctor yeah. Doom is the second smartest. Is, does he and, does he break top ten? Stephen Strange? Um <laughs> You know, I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Yeah. because well, uh, he's smart medically. Well, no, you know, he's smart in general, but medically is his, his expertise. Yeah. I don't think he breaks top 10. Amadeus Cho is only, was like number 17. Oh, uh, okay. He became, he, he took over as the Hulk. Uh, he's, t- he's top 50 though. He's, he's in there. Stevie? Yeah, Stevie. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. That's a joke. Like he had to have made top 50 if Amadeus Cho is 17. Come on. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, he, one of the biggest things about the comics that I, uh, always stuck out to me, um, I didn't read of him too much. And even in my like mid teens, when I was just trying to find something interesting, the, the art of the comics always stuck out to me. And it, uh, any panel from those original comic books, uh, of, of the art of Steve Ditko, you could take any panel and make a, a painting out of it and, and, you know, hang that up. Like it's just, it, it goes after a very seventies hippie feel, especially when he's going into different dimensions and, you know, just the, the color palette. It was a very weird color palette for the time and, uh, and, and stuck out just, just incredibly to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, and uh, the the stories, like the the types of stories they were telling, were uh, very much influenced by Shandu the Magician, uh, which is which was a radio series, um, you know that they did radio adventure serials, it, just like we have 
TV shows that people follow the adventures of a particular hero for a yeah. while. Um, on 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 radio, there was uh, things like Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, and Shandu the Magician, and of course Green Hornet, Shadow, Lone Ranger, those those kinds of things as well. Yeah. Um, but Shandu the Mag- Magician was one that actually I had not heard of until I started uh, doing my my minimum research for this uh, for this episode. But uh, it was a very long running uh, radio serial, serial, <laughs> radio serial. <laughs> um, it was on multiple networks um, and it aired in two series. There was one in the 1930s and then 12 years after that through the 40s and 50s. Um, and uh, and that just like just like. Um, the Lone Ranger it influenced a lot of Western comic books, um, and just like Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers influenced a lot of sci-fi materials such as Star Wars. Um, Shandu the Magician basically uh, almost was the their primary source of inspiration for uh, for Doctor Strange. Um, and, uh, and uh, the, the, the way they came up with the name Dr. Strange was, uh, was they were just going to put him into Strange Tales, which was a sort of an anthology, uh, very appropriate as well. Yeah. Um, and so they, they originally were going to call him Mr. Strange and they were like, we, we got a lot of misters right now. Uh, let's just let's just call him Doctor Strange. Like they didn't. Doctors mostly. Doctor has been used for villains, and Mister and Captain were used a lot for heroes. Yep. So, um, uh, I've was, actually never thought of that before. That is true. Yeah. Um. So. So it was interesting to make that choice, and uh, and that. Simply changing the name is what led to the character being an actual doctor because because uh, you don't have to justify a villain suddenly saying, I'm Dr. Doom, I'm Dr. Octopus, I'm Dr. Proctor, <laughs> who wants to look in your butthole. Um, <laughs> you know you know that crazy character yeah, you know. in Marvel Comics. Um so, uh, but yeah, if you're a hero, a hero is not gonna, not gonna steal the title of doctor. So, although Dr. Doom, I think is actually a doctor and Dr. Octopus, I think is actually a doctor as well. They just kept their, their surname over. Yeah. But they're, they're the bad kind of doctors. Yeah. They're not medical doctors. They just know a lot of science assholes. They, have, they don't even have a certificate of, like, they don't have a doctorate of any of anything. No. Dr. Do. Doom's like, I have a doctorate of doomology. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, did you hear Stan Lee recently? Stan Lee who? <laughs> Stan Lee basically, like, defended Dr. Doom, saying he's, um, he was answering a question, a, a kid with leukemia, like, <laughs> a question or something. And, well, that's a stupid question. <laughs> no, they, they were, they said, who's your favorite villain? And, and, and Stan Lee said like, well, one of my favorites is Dr. Doom because he's not really a villain. Like we call him a villain, 
but you could walk up to a police officer and say, hi, I want to rule the world. And like, that's not illegal. Like he, he and <laughs> now this is just I, an old man justifying certainly because the murdering and the and and he's definitely done things that would get the attention yes, of the police. Yes, once you actually officer. start to violently take over the world, that's when. But but there have been many. Um, <laughs> Hello, officer. I'm, I want to take over the world. Okay, Mr. Trump. <laughs> have a good day, sir. That was one of one of the comments on the article I read. Oh man, I write to that. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, but anyway, uh, we I, should do a true. Doctor Doom episode soon. We should, we should, cool. uh, even the Fantastic Four. Hopefully, if uh, Fox and Marvel ever, you know, yeah, good luck with that. Um, so anyway, Doctor Steve, classic origin story. He's a dick. He's super cool and super smart and really good at his job. And then he gets in a car accident because. Because he has a really fancy, fast car that he likes to drive at night in the rain at 20,000 miles an hour. Weave in and out of traffic. Yeah. Uh, Gets in a car accident. Like, driving driving schools could use that scene as like, here are things not to do when driving. (laughs) A, speed. A, drive fast in the rain. (laughs) Everything is A. A, don't text and drive. A, don't weave in and out of traffic like that. Was, Wasn't that your first day? It should be no. It was don't drive fast. Is this a Canadian instructor, by the what? A a no, because that that would be at the end of the sentence, not the beginning. <laughs> so, but yeah, <laughs> just that's all in the movie. I'm sure in the in the mm-hmm. comics in the uh, <laughs> decades ago, he wasn't texting and driving. That was no, but he it is a car accident that yes that crushes his hand in every origin I've seen. Um, Love, love, love in the movie that they've got the tiny, tiny little apparatus like on each finger that you normally would only see on somebody's legs. Yeah. Like when you break your leg in multiple places, they're going to they're going to try to immobilize your leg and let the bone heal perfectly. They've got that on every single section of his fingers. The whole point is that every part of his body, pretty fine. His hands fucked up yeah just they want to get that across as you know well and that like as the top neurosurgeon probably with great medical insurance and definitely a shit ton of money uh absolutely everything possible was done even stuff that that they would laugh at an average person asking about yeah and he was also um well we're talking about the the movie now um he also was mocking every person who had worked on his hands. Like, it's true. The, you know, uh, Rachel, McDa- Rachel McAdams. Uh, Rachel like, McAdams. <laughs> uh, she was like, we we did everything we could. And he was like, no, you, you suck at it. I could have done a better job. Like, he was very upset hearing that any other person other than himself worked on his right. hands while Which he was unconscious. This would not have been possible. Wouldn't have. But for him... It, it fucking sucks. Later becomes possible. Yes. Um, so yeah, he goes through every possibility, uh, and then what, he was in um, he was in uh, therapy, yep. and the doctor, from the sound of it, he was just. It sounded like he just made up a story, like, oh yeah, well I had this guy who uh, broke his back in such a terrible way, he would have never walked again, and 
you know, he was in here. Like when you're trying to pep somebody up, you, some people will make up a story that sounds like here's a similar situation you were in and here's the person, you know, uh, this guy wanted to quit, wanted to quit and then left, never saw him again. Then like two years later came, I saw him on the street. Like he was yeah. walking fine and yeah. Dr. Strange was bullshit. That didn't happen. Like there's <laughs> no way somebody with that kind of injury could ever walk again. And, uh, was it, what are the, guy, the guys like, uh, well, if I find the file, I'll send it to you. Yeah, which is a tremendous violation of of HIPAA, of of the of patients' rights. Yes. You, like, you, a medical professional cannot just send over... Well, you know what? He's a doctor, so if you're yes, sending it to another but, doctor... But he's clearly not sending it to him, like, for a consult. He didn't go to this patient and be like, hey, I know this doctor that can help you. He just was like... Hey, buddy, here's some files. At the back of the, the note he sent them where it was like, told you so, on the back it said, P.S., don't don't tell Hip. Like, yeah. don't tell anybody I sent you this. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, <sighs> he finds Benjamin Bratt. Um, Playing basketball. Yes. Uh, was that wheezing you? Yeah, it was like a weird. <laughs> no, it wasn't a wheeze. It was like a cough that was coming up my esophagus, but just yep. didn't. It like fizzled out, so. So let's definitely leave that conversation in. Absolutely. We don't edit. That's unfortunately all too true. Um, um, <laughs> so. Finds the guy and just starts creepily like freaking out at him. Yeah. It, it just came off as like, you're Benjamin Bratt. How are you walking right now? Like, <laughs> you're, you're Benjamin Bratt. <laughs> um, and this guy just, ins it, this that, that one scene felt weird to me. How the guy instantly was just like, oh yeah? There's a place in Tibet called this. You should visit. Like, yeah. very easy to give that information out. Well, you know, um, because it takes so much work to get to the point that you can do anything with it, um, I guess they need to, like any opportunity they get, they, they, they need to get new people in there to help out. Because uh, it's probably it's, like a... I mean... Scientology, like we'll help you. You got to bring five more people. <laughs> or no, that's a that's the pyramid scheme. That's like the the well, health. Yep. Yep. Hey, guess what? Will you want to make some money? All right, you, will you bring me five of your friends? Yeah, and this is how much it makes. So that's that's probably how it's going. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he, I forgot the name of the place. It's the name Comitage. of the He finds about this. He basically uses. Whatever's left of his money, because he's wasted pretty much all of his money on every form of operation there is on the planet uh, to the point that he has, that you know, the showman is penthouse with like, he's like sitting on a cardboard box. He has like a candle <laughs> and I think he just has his Microsoft Surface. Yeah. Which, I let mean, me just sell say. your fucking New York penthouse, Dr. S, and live in, live in a ratty little fucking apartment outside of... Manhattan and maybe you'd have millions more to uh to spend. And he's definitely not one of the smartest people out there because he was using Microsoft Edge and everyone knows that Microsoft Edge is the worst browser there is. Well that's maybe he was using it may may I think I think he just got a new computer and he was using it to download Chrome and Firefox uh, in the background. Okay. All right. Fair uh, enough. But while, while he was waiting for it to come down, he was just slipping in a little extra research. That's fair enough. I'll That's also it. what he called it when he banged Rachel McDadams. <laughs> McDadams. <laughs> I'm just going to slip in a little extra research here. 
<laughs> I, I thought it would have been cool. Uh, there was a lot of rumors about Marvel wanting to make a night nurse show of some kind, either Netflix, ABC. Yep. Um, and that uh, it would include Claire Temple, uh, Rosario Dawson's character in the in the um, Netflix series. Yeah. That would have been cool if she was at least in, just in the background or like a cameo. Yeah. Just to kind of connect them a little bit. But um, yeah, so he, he just uses every, he says himself, like he has no money whatsoever. He uses all of it to get to uh, Hermitage. Hermitage. Uh, where we meet the ancient one. Classic scene. I feel like it's been in so many movies where you're getting beat up, but then somebody who's going to be helping you saves saves your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very very common scene there. But um, somebody saves him from getting a from getting kidnapped. Somebody wants to steal his watch. Right. They, well, they they want they want his money. He's like, I have no money. Like this is all I have is this watch, and they beat the shit out of him. Uh, so he gets saved. By um Jesus. Jesus. Uh you know he gets saved. Was it Mordo? I think Mordo saved him. Yeah. Uh played by the illustrious Chuatel Ejiofor. Is that his real name? Yeah, Chuatel Ejiofor. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> From Twelve Years a Slave and I think he's the one that was in Kinky Boots. <laughs> I hey, you sold me. <laughs> I love it. Twelve years of kinky boots. <laughs> Twelve boots a day. 12 boots of a kinky slave. Um, he gets saved by Mordo, who brings him into Carmitage, who, for those that don't know, in the comics, Mordo, Mordo is one of Doctor Strange's arch nemesis. Yes. But in this movie, they took it in a different path. Well, no, they, they, they set that path in motion, I think. Because at, at the end, he's like, hey, fuck you, I'm out of here. Like this is not cool anymore. Yeah, spoilers. Um, then we and we meet the ancient one played by Tilda Swinton. Yep, and Wong. Yes, who's the librarian and fucking in, in great the comics, character. Wong, in the comics, Wong is uh, is his valet, like his personal assistant, basically. Great character and and wonderful uh, performance by. I want to get this guy's name because he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I was blown away. Uh, Benedict Wong. Ha! Seriously? Yeah, swear to God. <laughs> Benedict Wong played Wong. Uh, That's got to be a dream gig. You, like, you don't even have to really change your name. <laughs> you don't have to learn any other character name. You're just like, yeah, that is, I am Wong. Um, yes, because the hardest part of acting is <laughs> using another name. Um, yeah, so uh, he meets the ancient one who... He, this is actually a funny scene. He goes into the you know the the lobby of Carmitage and sees this like this older Asian man with this you know white beard sitting yeah. there, and he's just like, ah, the ancient one. Thank you know, thank you for meeting with me, and just starts talking with him. And of course, here comes Tilda Swinton bringing him some tea, and he like Asian man walks away, and he's just like. Uh, well, th- thank you, Asian one, Asian <laughs> one, and Tilda Swinton's like, you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> and that that to me is exactly you know there was a huge controversy when they first announced that uh, she was playing the Ancient One of yeah. Why uh, not make him Asian? This is it's like the double edged sword. You know, yeah. God forbid if you would have the Ancient One in the comics is a very like Fu Manchu uh, classic wrong depiction of like a <laughs> yes. Asian, you know. Yeah. 
very stereotypical. Stereotypical, but not, and not wrong, but stere- not wrong in and of itself, but stereotypical. Um, God although, forbid if they would have went with that route, you would have had yeah. people up in arms going like, oh, all right, yeah, you're, you're going to hire an Asian actor, but then you're going to make him do this? Yeah. Um, yeah. The it's it's funny because you know there was you you can see it in other you know using other stereotypes like new stereotypes get created from our popular culture by trying to avoid old ones and people get just as just as upset about it. You used to not be able to have a black character unless they were like a total buffoon. Yeah, and and we started having them be like wise mentors and now like the magic they they call it the magic negro is is um like the wise usually older but whether or not they're older the wise black man that um or black woman that is like the oracle in the matrix or like um in real life with Morgan Freeman. <laughs> or you know, pretty much any character Morgan Freeman plays. Uh, Will God. Smith. <laughs> like magic Will Smith in The oh Legend of Bag of Vance. Um, you know, just this person comes out of nowhere to impart like this mystical knowledge to our white hero who then goes on and saves the day or wins the golf game or whatever. Um, and... Uh, and like it, that grew completely out of an attempt to to like either try to make up for it or just completely avoid um, other stereotypes. Yeah. And now it's a stereotype that like, look, now you're 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 racist because you can't just make an interesting, and that's a valid thing. If you can't just make an interesting character, whether or not there's there's reflections of some stereotypes, then then you are like concerning yourself only with race and whether, whether it's a trying to avoid the appearance of racism or, or not like it's, it often can be from your actual racism or just, um, just lack of familiarity. <laughs> yeah. And, and she, she played it very well. She played that character for what they needed to, to for him to, uh, for the character to be. Yes. She did an absolutely wonderful job, uh, performance. Um, it just people get bent out of shape when, look, you're, you're, no matter what you do, you're wrong, pretty much. Just, yeah. Well, somebody's going to disagree with, you know, like anything. Uh, the, the rumors of Zendaya playing Mary Jane Watson in yeah. the new Spider-Man. I don't have a problem because she's black. I have a problem because she's not a redhead. And Mary Jane Watson <laughs> is like supposed to be the the redhead. Like that's that's my yeah, th- thing. There's several defining characteristics, and yeah, it's now. On the other hand, I don't. There there was very little uproar at the idea that um, that Nick Fury was not a middle aged uh, white man. Yeah. Even though, like Mister Fantastic, his 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 hairstyle, the you know the graying at the temples and all that, are as much a part of his character as the eye patch. Um, so it's it's just interesting that like there's certain characters that 
are almost only defined by their physical characteristics. Right. right. And in that case, actually, to me, that means that for a lot of people, Mary Jane Watson is not a three-dimensional character. She's not a... <coughs> let me just choke while I'm trying to... <laughs> she's not... Um, she's not the collection of character traits. She's the hot redhead. Yeah. And I also, I liked, um, JK Rowling's response when, you know, the live Harry Potter show was, was being done and they had cast Hermione as a black woman. Um, and people, there was an uproar because everyone's used to Emma Watson as Hermione and JK Rowling was like, uh, in the books, I have only ever described Hermione Granger as smart and with frizzy hair. I've never yeah. mentioned her race. So uh, this actress has frizzy hair and is, is is smart. So that's it. Like, yeah. and I'm like that. That is smart. That is a very smart answer. Which you know, um, Ron Weasley, for example, being as a redhead, he's a ginger. Like that's yeah. his whole family is gingers. You can't really get around that of him like changing races. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very some characters. What I'm saying is some characters you can get away with that. Nick Fury, you kind of can because the eye patch, uh, and even the ancient one. It's it's a character passing down an art, uh, you know, yeah. and uh, you know also, this whole. Also, the the ancient one is described as having been born in Camertage. Yep, but there is nothing. There, 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 there was nothing specifically saying that his what his race was, right, right. And if you're gonna assume it because, you know, be, because of the facial hair he has and the clothes he's wearing, um, in in the comic books you read, um, you know that's that's kind of on you. Yeah. Well, it's also <laughs> people who assume that. If a show is drawn using anime style, it has to be in Asia. Yeah, I had somebody complaining the other day about it was a you know whole thread with whitewashing, and they're like, you know, the, the show Avatar had had white actors in it, and it was like Avatar is in a fictional yeah. Earth. There's no like <laughs> Asia, North America. They have mixed animal races. Yeah. Who are you to say that everybody's Asian because it's yeah. drawn in an anime style? That is more racist. Yeah. Well, also, a huge portion of anime is specifically created with the idea that the characters are all Western. Yeah. One of yeah. the reasons they that in in many uh, many of the styles of anime and and manga. The eyes are so big because they're actually exaggerating Western features um, in those characters. Um, so it's it's just all kinds of uh, all kinds of bigotry both ways. Absolutely. So there's a bunch of different uh, there's different races in Carmitage. Um The the ancient one, you know, Stephen Strange, you know, she starts bringing up the magic of what they can do. And he's like, ah, bullshit. <laughs> and she sends him into this very weird, it looked great in 3d, like this real trippy, like it was just him yeah. falling through dimensions. And yeah, uh, it's just, it, it kind of was funny. It reminded me of when we jump and we're playing grand theft auto five and we take uh Trevor out of a plane and just have him fall. <laughs> ah! It just it was just Stephen Strange falling through these dimensions yeah. while the ancient ones talking to him. Yeah. 
Um, a little crazy to to me. That's that that does not seem like a stable person to be teaching you. Like, what if what if you go somewhere and you're like, oh, I heard that you could teach me to focus, and they're like, yeah, I do it with guns. Oh, that sounds pretty a pretty weird way to focus. Oh yeah, and then they just like drive you through a war zone, and and then yeah. they're like, yeah, see how focused you are it was like a mind slap in the face to him yeah (laughs) because he came out of it and instantly was like holy shit teach me yeah you know she kicks him out um you know so then they they do this she yeah then agrees to teach like sets outside to carmitage for uh, a few days or so um yeah it was weird because like in the movie it's like a minute of time and i i couldn't tell whether it was supposed to have been like hours. On I the think same a character day said something days. like he's been out there for hours or days or something. Uh, so she decides to teach him, and, and of course you go through the whole thing where he's he's struggling. Well, he has no feeling in his hands too. Right. Like he can pick things up with his hands, but he he can't like zero feeling it with them, um, and, and therefore zero fine motor control. Right. Is what you right. need as a neurosurgeon. Uh, I think one of the one of the biggest devices in the movie is the sling ring. Yeah, which, which is you, a kind of a dumb name. It, it's dumb. It's easy to remember though. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like yeah, you use it to create a portal to go somewhere else, not to another, yeah, to another dimension. But yep. uh, but mainly used, you can go around. If you the main thing is going into the mirror dimension, which gives you it. It's distorted, but it's still. You're, you, it's almost like you've got one foot in this dimension. Like, you know where you are physically compared to... Right, but you can do whatever the fuck you want. It doesn't really change right. what's in our dimension. Right. Um, but you can you can transport anywhere. So uh, basically to give him an extra kick in the ass to learn how to use it, uh, Ancient One brings him to the top of Everest yep. and says, hey, uh, he's like, oh, it's really cold up here. And she's like, yeah, I, I could last up here for a few hours. Uh, you're going to last up here for 10 minutes. Yeah. And then just leaves. And, he, <laughs> and, and so he has to basically push himself to get back, which he does. Yeah. Classic. And then it's a nice little montage uh, of him learning things quicker, uh, getting better at it, wanting to learn more. He's like a sponge of this information. He's constantly going to the library with Wong. I was laughing during the scenes where he was like, "Oh, Wong, do you have a do you have a second name? Is that just like Beyonce, or is it, or is that just like uh, Adele?" Yeah, and he starts naming musical artists that just have one name, like Eminem, uh, like Jay Z. Like he just and then he does it again once. He's like, "Beyonce, you really don't know Beyonce." <laughs> and the next scene is Wong with like an iPod listening to yeah, put a ring on it. <laughs> I laughed, and like not many other people in the theater laughed, but I thought it was really funny. Um. So, now we didn't mention the villain of this movie, which, of course, a lot of people, uh, this is like a, a big contention with, with fans in the Marvel movies is their villains yeah. are usually not good. And in most cases... You don't understand what their motivation is. It's just like, hi, I'm evil. Fight me. And also, a lot of it, even from the first Iron Man, it's usually somebody who has the same powers. Yeah. You know, Obadiah Stane got in just a bigger Iron Man suit. Yep. Uh, Yellow Jacket was in the same suit as Ant-Man. And and Calisius, well, pretty much same powers as Doctor Strange. My argument to that is, is if you're just learning your powers, there's no better first villain to fight than somebody who has the same powers as you. Yeah. If you use those characters in a second or third movie, it's not like what's the... 
there's no new obstacle. Right. Like if you're in a second Doctor Strange or a second Ant-Man movie and he like someone shows up with the same suit, he's not going to be like, fuck, how do I beat you? <laughs> like he doesn't learn anything new. He just goes, okay, I have to just use all the same stuff you have. Yeah. That's not it. So that's why those villains are used in first movies. They're good starting off villains, but they're not usually written too well. Yeah. Uh, at least Calisius from the start, I don't think they ever... This guy wasn't on his... Like, they made it perfectly clear that he's doing something for a bigger villain, which is Dormammu. Right. Or Dormammu, which I've always said, but they have uh, now... It's Dormammu. I know. <laughs> um, so that's that's why I didn't have a problem with it. They said from the beginning, this guy is, is doing something for a demon. It's not him going out on his own and being evil. Like Right. It's not a Calisius do. It's a Dormammu do. Right. Uh... You just calmly agree with that nonsense. I well, it is nonsense. The whole movie is that's true. Is nonsense. So, uh, Calisius, I guess uh, he just he steals one of the ancient ones' books. That no, and, like two pages of it. Yeah, he steals a few pages from the from a book that basically connects him with Dormammu uh, in the dark dimension. Yeah, and with the whole idea of combining our dimensions together so that Dormammu can control our dimension as well. Yeah. Yes, that's the... I I think they get more technical with it. You know, Calisius at one point when he gets captured kind of explains why he wants to do it or why he's even working with Dormammu. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's basically the same argument that you get. Um, one of the few things I liked about the Star Wars prequels is that the the people who gave into the dark side yeah. weren't all always constantly just like yeah yeah we're evil be evil with us it it was like it it was a more realistic uh portrayal of somebody who who decides to do something that most people think is evil right right like which is a you know a a belief that no, the idea that this thing is wrong is what's wrong. You know, it's 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 um, just like there's people who say um, there's there's people who say like when any new form of communication comes up, whether it's social media or texting or or the telephone itself, uh, there, there's always people that are like, no, this thing is evil. Look at all this evil stuff that's coming from it. You know, like. I'm not going to let my 15-year-old kid have an iPhone because then they're going to be Snapchatting their junk to to 50-year-olds pretending right, to be another 50. And it's, it's... It's all perception. It's it's a tool. The tool, how you use it is what's evil. And so the his whole thing is like these specific spells that are forbidden, there's nothing wrong with them in and of themselves. There's nothing wrong with tapping into power from the dark dimension. We just chose to name it the dark dimension. If we named it the purple dimension, then people probably wouldn't be so scared about it. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it, bad guys. It's all it's all perception. Where um, I've heard Chris Jericho talk about this in terms of like wrestling. When you have good guys, bad guys. Uh, there, there was a, a storyline where where Shawn Michaels had uh, had lied. He like fake. He like faked a back injury to win a match, and yep. Chris Jericho came out and said, "You're a piece of shit." But he was the fans treated him as the bad guy because he was coming out and telling the truth. Yeah. Um, 
So in in terms of these movies, uh, Calisius was like, um, this guy showed me that the person that I trusted was lying to me, and yep. it was true. Yeah. So who am I going to trust now? Like right. that, that was basically his reasoning. Pretty darn good reasoning, which then comes into play later on. Um, Although I I gotta say, speaking to speaking to how they made the movie and you know the 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 movie itself, the the structure of it, they it, it seemed like they were doing a lot with like when it comes to Doctor Strange tapping into these to the dark energies and all that, um, or doing forbidden spells. It seemed like they were doing a whole like, like they did do with Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters. There's this big thing: you don't cross the streams. You know, you don't you don't shoot your your the stream of your gun across the stream of another guy's gun because it's going to end the whole fucking world. How do they save the world at the end? By doing it, they cross the streams. Yeah, but through all of Doctor Strange, like from the minute he learns about these forbidden spells, he's just like, huh. No, I'm just going to do it. And it's not like this big moment when he saves the day by, you know, taking a huge risk. Is Like, he was just constantly doing it. He did it to make the page come back in the book. He did it every step of the way yeah, he in just the fight. He takes the uh, the artifact, what's it called, the, uh, the eye there. The eye of Agamotto? Yeah, he just takes it. That's true. They're like, hey, don't touch this. Yeah. And he just goes up, puts it on, and then starts fucking with time. Yeah. Which they're like, hey, that's, they, they have a thing like, don't, you don't break the laws of nature. Yeah. You know, that's like, nature set a course, don't, don't fuck with it. That was what they said. Yeah. And how did the end go? He, he fucks with the laws of nature and that's what pisses Mordo off. Right. Which to me is like, all right, bitch about Calisius all you want. But Mordo, for me, I hope they they write him almost how they do Loki. Like they they put Loki up on this pedestal of like this is a good villain, and we've written him a lot of reasoning and backstory, and and yeah. you, so I hope Mordo is treated in that way because he has a pretty good reason for why he goes evil. Well, we perceive him as evil, right? When on really, his end, when really he's the only one holding to the code that they all were supposedly living by, right? Right. Uh, so uh, Calisius's whole goal, there's three sanctums on the planet. There's one in New York, one in China, and one in... Uh, I thought it was New York, Hong Kong. New York, Hong Kong. And London? Yes, yes. Uh, so he he successfully destroys the one in London. Yeah. And um, I, I guess he... he screws up the one in New York because basically each three of these sanctums he kills the person who's in charge right. in New York. Each sanctum has somebody in who who is in the sanctum and, and they're like the protectors of the earth. Uh, so he kills the, the protector in New York, destroys the one in London, and while they're in Hong Kong, uh, he does successfully destroy it, but uh, Strange using the Eye of Akimoto kind of turns back time kind of stops it. Calisius gets out of the spell. You know, they're fighting. It's a very cool sequences there. Till he figures out that in in, door, in the dark dimension, time doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So Doctor Strange comes up with the idea, oh, okay. So he goes into the dark dimension and a lot of these weird structures totally taken right off the pages of, of Ditko's art just in the in the sky and stuff. Very cool with the colors. Um, he approaches Dormammu, who 
I was very shocked at his, at his appearance because I pictured the like basically a Ghost Rider appearance. Well, just yeah. like he he's presented in comics and stuff, which I hope one day he gets that that point where he's more of a body. Yeah. But now he was just this giant floating head. And well, I don't know that he was a giant floating head. That's just all we saw of him. Right. Like it wasn't clear that there was nothing below the head. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, great scene where he, he comes up with this idea that like, well, there's no time in this universe. So I could just, yeah. Like it'll completely fuck with this guy. If, if he, yeah, if, he if, creates a time loop. Yeah. Where he goes up to Dormammu and goes, Dormammu, I've come to bargain. Dormammu kills him and he comes back. Yeah. And just tells him, hey, buddy, we could do this forever. I'll like, I'll just, this will just keep happening until you agree to bargain with me. And he gets killed like probably hundreds of times. (laughs) We're, I mean, we're only seeing a fraction, but we're definitely given the idea of like, this has been going on for a long time. Yeah. Till Dormammu is just like, Cut this shit. What do you want? Yep. And and Strange's whole point is leave Earth, leave Earth, leave Earth alone, and I'll go back, and you don't have to deal with me again. Yeah. So, Dormammu's still out there. Yeah. Still. And 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 like they said in the movie, he wants Earth most of all. Yeah, especially now, because because of you, like. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll he'll be he'll be coming back. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll he'll have something to do with. And they explicitly say that the Eye of Agamotto is a, is another Infinity the Stone, the time gem. Yeah. So that means there's one left out there. I think it's the reality, no, not the reality, space space gem. Which I'm going to guess is going to either show up in Thor Ragnarok. Um. Well, let's look at, we have... Um, Guardians 2 is coming next, then yep. Spider-Man, and then Thor. Um, and I, I'm going to think Thor because Thor's whole goal now, pretty much post-Age of Ultron, is to track down these stones yeah. and stop Thanos, yeah. who he doesn't even know about yet. Right. Um, now, what would be interesting, because, of course, the cut scene, super spoiler alert, Ooh. Like the... the you know the end credits scene or mid credits. Mid credits. Um, was there an end credits? Scene? There was. Did you see it? <laughs> I think I left. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, I'll, but, I'll tell you about it. But in a you've got Thor talking to Doctor Strange, and so it seems to me like maybe he's there because he's tracking down this other time gem. Yeah, Vagamoto. Yeah, it was and, a very weird conversation they were having. It was like yeah. it, it, the fact with like the beer coming back. It was very. It just kind of threw you in there. Yeah. Um, and Thor dropped like Loki's in New York, I guess. And they're mm-hmm. looking for his dad, which to me it, at the end of Thor two, uh, Odin's in a coma. Yeah. And Loki pretends to be Odin. Like yep. he's, he changes his appearance. So how the fuck does Thor know that his dad is missing? So like something happened somewhere where something could have happened or, or maybe Loki just up and left as Odin and yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it, it, it's interesting to me that with Thor going on the chase for these stones, like I'm wondering if he's playing into the whole prophecy like by him collecting all the stones, Thanos just yes. has to show up to one place to get them all. Um, that is true. 
Well, now we have two characters that are holding stones themselves. Yeah. Strange is the time stone and uh, Vision has the one in his, his forehead. Yeah, which is the mind. I think it's the mind. The mind gem. Uh, which will be interesting to see what happens with him when that gets yeah. taken out. And what happened? Oh, right. <laughs> I was going to say, what happened to the one that, that was the, the Tesseract thing? That but is, that that is, is the, mind. the mind gem. Yeah. Wait. Um, and then the, no, no, no. The mind gem was in Loki's staff. Yes, but Loki put it. I think Loki put it in the staff from the Tesseract. The, but now I don't even know. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, that no, that the, that's not true. The Tesseract was taken with Thor to uh, to Asgard at the end oh, of okay. Avengers. All right, and they still had his staff. So those and are did they separate. It, did they make it clear that that is an Infinity? Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, the, we have. The and, Tesseract, yeah. the ether from Dark the Thor Two, the red stuff. Yeah. Um, visions, which is the the mind gem from Loki. Uh, we have the time, and then there was uh, the the one from Guardians of the Galaxy, the purple one. Yep. And I think there's six. So I think there's the the one missing. So. Right. It's coming closer though. I mean, this is a this is something that's been leading up from the end of Avengers, the yep. end of Avengers. Um, th- no, the after credit scene was uh, Mordo showing up. Uh, they had uh, Brett, the the guy with the back injury, was working in like a like a garage or a uh, like his like a big room that he was just like a bunch of machinery and stuff. Yeah, and Mordo showed showed up to him and and said like, "Oh hey, like you're you're this guy, you uh." You know about the the ancient one and everything, <coughs> and uh, and then just like did something and stripped him of his power. The guy like fell on the ground and just all of a sudden had no feeling below his neck. And he's like, "What did what did you do to me?" And Mordo's just like, "It's too many damn sorcerers on Earth." Wow. And then just walks away. So took the guy's complete power because he was using all of his magic to make his body move right. and right. Um. So, you know, we left a few things out of the movie, how Strange got his cape, which was, was pretty cool. The cape reminded me of the carpet of, from Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> and just the fact that they're owned by Disney is is interesting. But um, I, I liked the movie. I thought it was well made. It looked good. I, I saw it in 3D, which I know you usually don't. I, I did see I, enough people had said it. I actually immediately regretted seeing it in, in 3D. Yep. Um. The certainly the spell sequences and the extra dimensional stuff, great. I don't think they should have used 3D so extensively for the regular world. Yeah, for, it should have been kind of like Tron. Yeah, where in in Tron, it was very subtle. The difference, it like it was it was almost it was almost subconscious because like they didn't go crazy with the 3D even in the computer world. Yeah, but they warned you beforehand like some scenes in this movie are not in 3D but don't take off your glasses. Yeah. I remember that coming up and um, they should have done something like that. Like the second, you know, she put her thumb on his forehead and he got sent back, it should have like, that's, that's what, where yeah, the that 3D been first. first 3D. And because the th- some of the early earlier scenes... That are just in the in the you know in in the real world, so to speak. Um, the they suffered from a problem that I see in three D all the time. They the the director or the cinematographer 
decides that something that's not anywhere near the middle of the screen yep. should be the thing that's in focus. And if you don't know to look, if you don't know where to look with 3D, then it, it's it, it's it's nauseating. Like yes. you, you're the whole point is to emulate what you actually see with your eyes in the real three dimensional world. And, and if you, if you focus on one thing and then keep your eyes having the same focal point, even though you swing your head around in another direction, you're seeing double things are blurry. And if you just keep doing that, it's it's very disorienting yep. and in in 3D movies that do not naturally draw your eye to where you're supposed to be looking it you can't control that that is exactly what you're doing even though you're not trying to right right <laughs> so and there was so much of that in the beginning that i i i just covered up one of my eyes and for like the first 15 minutes of the movie I, I, that was when, I mean, that was my decision to go see in 3D where there were a lot of people, especially online going like, Hey, it, it looked really good in 3D. I said, you know what? I feel like this is a movie I, I should see in 3D, you know, cause yep. you only have that chance really in theaters uh, or unless you have a setup at, t at home. Um, so, but all in all, Marvel has still maintained that when it comes to origin movies, they're, they're damn good at it. Uh, now sequels are another story because most of their sequels are inferior to you know, the origin stories. You know, Iron Man two, Thor two, uh, you know, Cap two. A lot of people love Winter Soldier is very good, uh, and I think it's a testament to those uh, the directors there uh, yeah, who, yeah. thank God, seem to be the ones just working on everything big, which is good for a team because, as you can see, with uh, when it comes to one person doing everything. Um, like with, uh, what's his face? Joss Whedon. Yep. So it's a pretty stressful environment you can be in. So, um, yeah, they're also, well, there was a few in humans actually. Did you hear about this? Yes. The humans are coming to ABC for, I think it was 10 episodes. Very short. I think, I think only eight right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, is cool. And then of course, uh, Robbie Race's ghost riders is reportedly getting his own series as well. Yeah. Uh, or I heard also possibly a Netflix TV movie type deal. Yeah. Um, and then uh, another piece of news that came out was that Fox and Marvel have already started building a bridge because they were able to to uh, use each other's characters. Marvel allowed well, make make agreements on yeah who had what right to what characters for yeah. Uh, between Deadpool and and Guardians, Guardians Two, Ego, yeah. the Living Planet, and uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead, which right. surprises me because I think that character started in X Men, so it's weird that uh, Fox didn't have that off the bat. Yeah. Um, well, part of it though, um, I think with with Negasonic, it was more that they wanted to change what her powers like. They loved the name. Yeah. But they wanted to change what her powers were. So that's where they might have. Yeah, that would if 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 Marvel gives you the right to make a, a movie with Wolverine, and then you decide like he doesn't have claws, he doesn't <laughs> heal, he flies and has heat vision. Like Marvel would then be like, "That's not the character we 
let you yeah. have. So so it, it was more about that. But Ego, the Living Planet, was is is more of a Fantastic Four fixture. I think a lot of the cosmic stuff, the off-world stuff, initially, or or, or primarily, has been. Uh, done with Fantastic Four. Which, so. that tells me that the rumor that they... Because uh, I, I was onto the rumor that they were... They, they gave rights to Fox to produce an X-Men TV series if Fox signed over the rights to Fantastic Four. Yeah. I, that's got to not be true because uh, Deadpool definitely came post that Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. So they wouldn't have needed the rights to Ego if they had the Fantastic Four rights back. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, I see. Well, I don't know. I, they, hey, that yeah. still could be true or it's still, or, or that, that could have just, that could have just been a rumor that sprung out of the fact that they were talking uh, about before Deadpool and, and guardians. So, but, um, yeah, I, I, I hope, hopefully we'll, we'll see, um, more of Mordo and Dormammu as as things progress. I imagine. I mean, the movie has been doing pretty pretty damn good in theaters. So uh, there's going to be a Doctor Strange two at some point. Um, it, phase three seems pretty packed. So I imagine Phase four either start off or right in the beginning we'll have a Doctor Strange two. Yeah, I'm sure he'll figure into the Infinity War. Oh, I I, I heard him. Uh, Drax and Doctor Strange are two characters that are going out of, you know, will be very main fixtures into the uh, Infinity War. Yeah. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Great, great movie. Good, good casting choices. Not really any negatives from, from my end that, that I can think of. You know, a few scenes here and there, I'm like, oh, that's silly, but. Yeah. For the most part with me, it was like, this could have been a little bit better crafted, but I could tell that certain things were cut for a time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the extended cut, I think there's going to be more of more in, in his training montage, so to speak. I think they're probably going to work in some things where he, you see him trying to write some emails, um, to what's her name in the Pamela, movie? Pamela. Is that her? That's her name in the movie. I think, so. let me double check. Cause I, I had it up and I had her name. Um, but Rachel McAdams character, like. The only time I remember seeing him write an email was like, Cry, I'm sorry. this is your last chance to respond to me. Her name is like, Christine Palmer. I was going to say, I thought uh, it was Christine. Pamela. Palmer is also known as the hero night nurse in the comics, a storyline that does not play into the film, but that fee hinted could be explored in future films. Another night nurse character, Claire Temple, appears in Marvel's Netflix television series portrayed by Rosario Dawson. Right. Yeah, that was probably my one biggest complaint is you brought in Rachel McAdams, which of course was for my girlfriend was like a selling point of the movie. I'm like, hey, Rachel McAdams is in the movie. Mc McAdams. McAdams. Uh, she just wasn't used that much, and the character was just kind of there. You could have really had any actress play yeah. that character. Yeah. My only complaint, um, and a lot of people, the the guy who played uh, Calisius, uh, who was Hannibal on TV, they thought he was a waste of a of a use. But I don't know. I I, I the villain looked. Look, you know, it was fine. Yeah. Fine villain stuff. So. He was fine. He had great eye makeup. Oh, that yeah, that looked great. Oh. All right. Well, that's uh that's this episode of the Bean Holes. Um join us next week for another episode of the Bean Holes. Keep on beaning. Harry Camden.